I'm Alyssa. I'm Alyssa. I'm not Alyssa. I'm not Alyssa. And welcome to 52 Women, the official podcast of the Montgomery County, Maryland chapter of the National Organization for Women. We have a special guest with us this evening. It is Amanda, our executive vice president, who is joining us. Well, she lives here now, but she originally comes from the land of one of our favorite politicians, Mike Pence. <laughs> so we're yay, Amanda, yay, yay! We're excited to have her tonight. Hello. Um. So we have a few things we're gonna talk about tonight, and we're gonna we're gonna try to tone down the ranting, and I stress the word try. <laughs> um. You know, because I think it's important to focus on truth. And sometimes we get upset and angry, and that's okay. Emotions are good things, but um, we want to focus on things that are important slash true. Alyssa, I don't know if you want to expand upon that since I just um, kind of like jumped on top of your thing. No, but. that's everybody's <laughs> thing. So today is Wednesday, the 23rd of August, and last night, uh, 45 gave a speech that was particularly unhinged and bananas. And he always lies. He tries to cover it up with some spin. Uh, last night was not a night where he cared about spin. He just lied. Um, and we never lie on our podcast. We give our opinions. And sometimes we get really, really zealous about how we feel about things. And I think that's great. Passionate. Zealous is okay. <laughs> Zesty, zestful. Feisty is Feisty. one of my favorites. Yeah. I'm really into it. We're we're great. I mean that in the best possible way. I love us. Um, but I I just think that if we um, focus on truth, um, and I have this shirt. I have a shirt that's like I know I'm obsessed with Brittany Packnett, and anybody who listens to this is like, oh, you're obsessed with Brittany Packnett, but. I have a shirt of hers that she designed. She has this whole thing of like love is resistance and a bunch of other. And I have the shirt that says truth is resistance. And I think that's real in a world where lies are becoming part of the vernacular for an entire party and where the guy who's supposed to be leading the country is getting up and saying things that are blatantly untrue and where an entire population of this country is getting news from a news source that is giving them nothing but this these lies um, and they aren't looking outside for whatever reason outside of this particular you know news bubble um, I think that it's it's real that telling the truth is is resistance and saying no this is not how it's gonna go this is not what my you know, my rights say this and you're doing something else and I'm not going to stand for that. I think standing up and telling the truth about what's happening is an important thing that we can all do. So we're all always looking for something to do. And we're all always, at least I, I should say, I am always casting about trying to figure out what I can do in this moment. And um, I think that it's, I think that's right. Truth is resistance. And that if we can tell the truth about things and if we can in addition to our rightful rants, if we can talk about um, what what the facts are about every every situation and, and what our rights are constitutionally, either the United States Constitution or our rights within at the state and county level, we can talk about those facts and we can talk about the truths in our everyday lives, then we are resisting what's happening. Woo. Yay, resist. Okay, so in case um, anyone missed me talking about health care or the Affordable Care Act, <laughs> this next bit is specifically for you. Um, so just for some background, so the Affordable Care Act allows or mandates birth control, insurers provide birth control with no copayment. Um, and there are exceptions for religious organizations and anyone is familiar with the Hobby Lobby decision, any company with closely held beliefs that the Supreme Court said, uh, they don't have to provide birth control. So there's that. But now 
Um, the Trump administration wants to roll back the birth control mandate um, and basically open up that exemption to anyone. So not just religious uh, religious employers or employers who have closely held beliefs like Hobby Lobby, which I still don't get, but whatever. Um, but it's now saying that any company can leave birth control out of insurance altogether. And birth control is expensive. It's not, you know, it, it, for some people it's prohibitively expensive, which is where the whole mandate came in anyway. But what's happening is that um, the ACLU Women's Law Center is looking at this and they're saying that by the administration issuing such a rule, it would violate government process rules, gender discrimination laws, and what I always go back to, the separation of church and state. So going back to the whole, we need to be aware of our constitutional rights and make sure, yeah. like the ACLU is all over this. So um, this is something that's, I know, very close to my heart because I think people like to say they're pro-life. They're not pro-life. They're anti-choice. And we need to make sure women have all of the tools they need to succeed in life, including, you know, birth control, which FYI is not always just used to prevent pregnancy. Some people have medical medical conditions that they use as birth control for, which there's no exceptions for that in the religious rules. But anyway, the ACLU is looking into this. Um, and this, I think, again, is something where if we had the ERA... Yeah. Maybe this wouldn't necessarily be a problem. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure they'd still try, but yeah. another barrier. Yeah. When you think about, I know we've talked about it before, but like the chain of nonsense that happens when you just like follow the logic, which is you don't have birth control. You have a baby or you get pregnant. Mm -hmm. No, you can't have an abortion. You have the baby. No, you can't have any help because you should pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Like, it, it's just unbelievable that you only need to follow the logic for three steps to see how mm -hmm. ludicrously hypocritical mm -hmm. that kind of law is. Um, and a woman's right to plan her family and to plan when she wants if she ever wants to have children is like even beyond like medical needs or like not or becoming pregnant or any of those things like what if a woman never wants to have a baby these people are saying if you never want to have a baby well they're saying you're wrong if you never want to right, have a baby so that's right. number one that's our purpose on right yeah that's they're saying you don't have a choice right you don't have a choice right you yeah. don't have a choice and, like, a fundamental human activity is, as an adult is ha having sex for most of the population. And you're saying, like, no, don't do not do that. Don't participate in that because you might get pregnant and we're not going to help you to, um, to prevent the pregnancy. And they're not saying that, what is it, Maslow's hierarchy of needs? Is that, mm -hmm. That's what it is? Like, sex is on there. Yeah. There's four. It's food, water, sex, shelter. Like yeah. that's, yeah. that's on there, but it's, it's women are punished for it. Yeah. Men aren't punished for it because right. men can just run off and be like, oh, yeah, me men are protected for having sex with someone who doesn't want to have sex with them. Yeah. And women are punished for wanting to have sex with someone yeah. at all, unless yeah. it results in a, in a child. Yep. So that's, so yeah, so I'm, I'll be. As we all know, I'll be keeping my eye on the healthcare developments. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm glad they, you do. How come they never acknowledge the fact that birth control is medicine? Like, mm -hmm. I don't know. People take it for things other than not getting pregnant. I don't know, and it that's what breaks my heart because I have friends who have endometriosis, yeah, which yeah. is super painful. And they've been on birth control since they were 13. Yeah. They have not been having sex since they were 13. Yeah. But they need birth control pills to function, you know? And endometriosis is one example. 
but there are several examples so I don't understand why that why that's missed but these are also some of the people who think a woman's body can shut down pregnancy from right. a legitimate rape so right well and I think it also not only does it like socioeconomically punish women who can't afford birth control it socioeconomically punishes women who get pregnant before when they don't want to or when they financially mm-hmm. cannot afford to have a child absolutely and, right because the people who have the means will do what they want to do and the right. people who don't have means are are the ones that are most um severely restricted because they right. can't afford to travel to there's no planned parenthood in their state they can't afford to travel to another country they don't have the paid time to take off work yeah again those are the ones that are the most affected right and we know for a fact statistically speaking of truth that when reproductive rights are restricted it doesn't make people stop having sex it doesn't make people stop having abortions it just makes it very dangerous yeah Mm -hmm. to have an abortion they already have oh sorry go ahead i was gonna say it must have been like 13 plus years now a documentary called the education of shelby knox came out um she was a she was a high school kid at the time that went from like uh, one of the purity ball families mm. to um, being a sex ed reproductive rights advocate in her hometown of Lubbock, Texas. And Lubbock, Texas is like so backwards on teaching sex ed in, in schools as like one of the highest maybe even the highest, I'm not sure the numbers, uh, rates of teen pregnancy in the country. It's just like what you were just saying. Like when you don't provide the resources or education, it affects people. Yeah. Like young people, people who don't live in that affluent of communities, etc. It's almost like they're doing it on purpose. Yeah. Women barefoot and pregnant. To keep, to keep women barefoot and pregnant. And men, I just feel like men are protected at every turn. Mm-hmm. And, and like, they... Fundamentally, the responsibility falls on the woman. Right? Pregnancy, birth, and then the child. And it's... I mean, it depend, I know it depends state to state how easily you can go after the guy who got the woman pregnant and, and have him take responsibility and whatever, but it's, it's just pun. It's just another way to punish women and it's another way to control women. And that's, I just feel like all these things that we talk about all the time, healthcare, equal pay, any of this stuff, it just all boils down to how many ways can we control women? And the idea that men would submit to having their bodies controlled by the government these men who think that states' rights should be absolute and who think that all... Like, if, if the federal government tried to control their bodies or if the state government tried to control their bodies and what they did with them, I just can't... <laughs> Wait, I just can't imagine what would happen. Right. If men had babies, then it would be, well, government shouldn't interfere. Interfere with an individual's... Individual's right. Right. It's 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 not the individual. I don't want the government in my body. We wouldn't have this discussion. Right. We're not having a discussion about Viagra being covered by insurance. That was never, ever an issue. Right. Because it's a legitimate medical... And that's the thing. It's a legitimate medical condition. And and everybody likes to make jokes about it. But it absolutely is. But it's a legitimate medical condition. And it was never a question that that would be covered. And I don't disagree that it's covered, but at the same time, we have we have to have this fight about birth control where it it's a legitimate medical need. Absolutely. Why is there why is there fight? Because they don't care about the medical need; they care about their perceived morality of women. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. When it's a man's job, no matter how old he is, or how screwed up his sperm is to keep on going. Yeah. Right. Well, and when you, I don't know, we we have friends who, they had kids purposefully, chose to have kids at a certain time, 
and she was an accountant and he was a computer scientist and they had to figure out like, okay, whose career is going to be wrecked more by what's like by staying home with the kid. Right. And they determined that he could always work from home if they needed the extra money, whatever it was. But she, as a woman in a financial field, could not afford to take, and they knew they wanted to have another one, could not afford to take off the time and try to get back on the Ferris wheel at the at that point after she had kids because her career would be ruined. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's a consideration that, I, I mean, I, I know there are wonderful couples who really talk about that, but generally as a society, it's a consideration we don't think about. And, like, you know, women, it, it's... It's not just the socioeconomics of having to take care of a baby, which is humongous. It's what happens to your career. Like, how do you have the earning mm-hmm. potential to take care of that baby if you have to, like, figure out daycare and and what's going to happen when you go to work and what's going to happen in the summers when the kid's off school and, like, all these different things. It's prohibitively expensive. And now that you have a child and so-and-so doesn't have a child... Who's likely to get promoted? Mm-hmm. I need somebody who's constantly on call. Mm-hmm. Well, he has a family. She stays home with the kids, but she's always got to leave to go to that practice. And I really need someone I can rely on. So yeah. ultimately, who gets moved up through the ranks? Mm-hmm. Yeah, fair or not fair. Oh, well, I was once in a business meeting. I worked in an I worked in an, a company for a while. Like in anyway. And I was in a meeting and someone asked me how old, there was a woman who we worked with who was married. He said, he said it like so off the cuff, we weren't talking about anything that I thought it was really just a question. Well, like how old is so-and-so? And I said, I don't know, about whatever age. I mean, I didn't know, I wasn't like in HR or anything, but just about whatever age. And he said, oh, okay, so, and they've been married how long? Okay, so we have like, what, three more good years with her till she decides to have babies? What? And I, I mean, that was said out loud to me. And I'm a woman. I mean, I, I'm not, I wasn't in HR, so there was no, you know what I mean? But I was like, are you kidding? Is that what? really a thing? I had a colleague who I <sighs> work with currently who just got married, and her supervisor said to her, she was out sick for a couple of days, came back, and she said, Are you pregnant yet? <sighs> That's it's not, not even legal. Gener- yeah. yeah. All right. Well. And that's the culture. And that's what people say. That's not. So what are people actually thinking and the culture that continues to be? So, again, if you have something fundamental like birth control that's taken away. Yeah. I can't even imagine. And I don't want to imagine what that looks like. Right. It's horrible. Well, and, that, and there are people in this, I think, people in the world who cannot conceive of a woman who doesn't want to have children. Mm-hmm. Um, who just doesn't want to have children. It's like they can't understand that there might be a woman who never wants to have children. <laughs> like, yep. not now is not the right time, not now. But, like, just never wants to have children. They cannot process that information. And that's fine if it's their problem. But when it turns into this, then it seeps out into being everybody's problem, right? Like, when they start legislating on it, it's everybody's problem. I mean, I have friends who've always said, I don't want to have kids. Mm-hmm. I want to travel. I want to do whatever. I don't want to have kids. Um, and the amount of comments that are thrown at both, and, and they're married. Like, I've been friends with, mm-hmm. with these people since college, and they both get comments. And it's like, no, shut up. Yeah. Like, just, just, just stop. Yeah. But it's like, oh, you'll change your mind. You'll regret it. Like, but n- no, they won't. Yeah. Like, so I, I that that oh bothers my gosh, me. It's crazy. And I can't <laughs> imagine being like, being. I am a mom of three, and I can't imagine being on a plane with a crying kid, and some single mom comes up to me, or I mean, some single woman who doesn't want to be a mom comes up to me and is like, or married woman who doesn't want to be a mom no, comes up to me and says, "Did you have you changed your mind yet?" Yeah. That sounds really annoying. Yeah. Like people would, I mean, I personally would laugh, but, like, a lot of people would lose their minds if someone said mm-hmm. that. Yeah. And I'm, like, I'm just thinking about this. Do like, you regret your choice to have children? Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, some days, hell yes. But they're pretty cute. But, like, I've, like, so I've been married, what, 10 months now? 
And I can't even count. The, <laughs> thanks, Alyssa. I can't even count the number of people who've been like, so what do you have kids? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, and it doesn't even, it kind of rolls off my back because at this point I'm like, well, we need a house first. We have yeah. somewhere to actually put the children. Yeah. But I'm like, what? Huh? Yeah. No, now it's bothering me right now. But that's why, like, I, I, I didn't, I have to say, like, I'm sure my, my best friend from college, one of my best friends from college does not, um, listen to this. She lives in, like, New York. and But. New York, you can listen to. Yeah, yeah. We have New Jersey. New York can jump on the Maybe Wisconsin. That's true. Um, it's not because of that. Anyway, I, I, uh, I one time made the mistake of, like, making a joke to her boyfriend, they're, they've been together for a long time. They live together. I mean, a joke. Like, the first time I met him, like, I was a 1950s, like, leave it to beaver dad. And I was like, so, what are your intentions? Like, I think I even did it in that voice. Like, I was just kidding. Yeah. And I said something about, like, children, a family, blah, 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 you know. <laughs> anyway, she lost her mind about it. And I was like, uh. I mean, there, something else was happening, I guess. But I... Ever since that moment, I was like, gosh, I I just want to be so extra, extra careful. So when I talk to people, I say, like, even if they bring something up that seems like they're asking me about kids or, like, maybe wanting to have kids, I say, well, I don't know if you're planning to have kids, but in my experience, da-da-da-da-da-da. Because right. I don't even want to answer it the wrong way because I don't want anybody to think that that's what I expect of them. I don't expect any woman to do anything. Any woman can do anything she wants, and I have no expectations of women in general to have children to do anything. It is, and I'm so glad you mentioned that because it is a deeply personal choice right. of whether you have a child and whether you choose to have an abortion for whatever reason. Right. And so who am I to tell somebody what they can and should do? Right. Or what your body's for or what your instincts are for or what your I mean, like, it's totally ludicrous. To, I don't know, it's ludicrous to, to think that you should tell somebody that. And I can't imagine saying you'll regret it. <laughs> Oi. Trying to imagine someone saying that to you and your reaction, but. It would be bad. <laughs> yeah. It would be really bad. Yeah, I just, I don't know. But yeah, but birth control is like just another way, right? To say like, you're right, that's what you're here for. Yeah. You're here to make babies. That's your thing. And it doesn't matter if the baby's not going to survive or if the baby has Zika or the baby is, mm-hmm. doesn't matter. And, or if and you got what, pregnant by some guy that you don't even know and you don't want to have the baby or you got pregnant by your husband and you don't want the baby or you, anything, any personal, like you said, any super personal reason you have to have children or to, or not to have children. Because what it does is it makes the baby trump the person makes the baby trump the woman but Mm -hmm. yeah after the baby we only care about the baby when the baby is in the womb after the baby is born we don't care we don't want to provide and we don't want to support for that baby as a society right so those two do not match up i hate these people are the same people are like oh we hate big government Mm -mm. we don't want government encroaching on people's lives except we want to tell you who you're allowed to marry yeah and we want to tell you when you should have a baby yeah yeah. Yeah, you're right. So bring so just to bring it back to to truth. The truth is birth control is a legitimate medical treatment. Yeah. Whether it is for preventing birth or some other medical condition. And and FYI people who may not be able to get pregnant or could get pregnant if they were with a partner who was able to get them pregnant. Yeah. Uh, they take it too. Yeah. 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 So, um, and right now the mandate is still in place. And the another truth is that the request for IUDs has skyrocketed since yeah. mm-hmm. he took office because they're thinking that's going to go away. So, again, something... I'll be watching. Also, though, hmm. if you're taking it for a medical condition, you need birth control, like the pill. The hormones that are in the pill aren't in IUDs. Some are. So, Some well, are. no, but, like, they're not as strong. 
Hmm. So if you're taking it for a medical condition, getting an IUD will not yeah. help you if you're taking it for that reason. Yeah. In a lot of cases. Maybe there are some that it will, but it's not the same level of hormones. No, the IUD mechanism works more as a physical. Yeah. Yeah. And this should it's be a question between you and yeah. your doctor, not you and your senator. Yeah. Can you make sure everybody heard that reference? Because I like it. Between you and your doctor, not you. Oh, no, the flux oh, capacitor. So, uh, yes, I gener- my friends and I refer to IUDs as the flux capacitor. Yeah. Um, also a grappling hook, but flux capacitor sounds less painful. So. Oh, yeah. It's kind of like that. Or like the, the Batman. Huh? Yeah. 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 Um, so another, another thing we wanted to mention, um, which I learned something from this horrific story, but a woman in Georgia um, claims she was fired over... The headline says unexpected periods, but if you if you read into it, she's premenopausal, and I looked up some premenopausal symptoms, and apparently you can just start bleeding unexpectedly. Um, but she claims this happened twice at work, and after the second time, she was let go. So again, the ACLU is on this, um, just trying to get her her job back. Because, um, again, it's a form of discrimination. And they say it's a violation of Title VII of the Civil Rights Act that this woman was fired because of this. Title VII bars workplace discrimination based on gender, including pregnancy, childbirth, and related conditions. And they're saying that menopause is related to that. There's legal legalese explaining how they're linking you know, menopause mm-hmm. to that, but essentially it's part of our reproductive system. Didn't, um, did the workplace say that she was, the, didn't the reason they give was because she wasn't keeping up with their hygiene standards? Yes, she, she was did bleeding. not. She it's did like, not, yeah. if you accidentally cut yourself on something in the office and you just start bleeding, are they going to fire you for that? Yeah. Yeah, she did. She dismissed. They dismissed her because she failed to practice high standards of personal hygiene and maintain a clean and neat appearance while on duty. Because um, I guess once she stained her pants and they sent her home, and the other time she stained the chair. And when I first read this, I was like, "Oh, that sucks." That that you know, I mean, it all happens. Like you get your period and you leak. And then when I was reading into like the premenopausal symptoms, like, no, this is. This is not something that she could predict. Um, none of us are near the age of menopause, so I feel like we're not, like, up on it. Yeah. But as I'm reading this, I'm like, that. I, I was like that poor woman before, but now. Yeah. This is just mean. Yeah. And it sounds illegal. Yeah, really illegal. <laughs> sounds illegal. Um, the ACLU said this kind of blatant discrimination against women in the workplace is why the ACLU Women's Rights Projects was founded 45 years ago and why the fight for gender equality must continue. Hopefully everything works out for her. It's amazing that you could be in an office with an HR department that doesn't say, no, 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 we should not do this. <laughs> Well, it's amazing how right. many people approved the right. firing. Right. Because it's hard to fire people. Absolutely, it's hard to fire people. And she was a 911 dispatcher, yeah. so some sort of government yeah. office where it is harder to fire people in government office. That's a nice little piece of irony there, that a 911 yeah, dispatcher is fired, for, is fired bleeding. for bleeding. Yeah. Unexpectedly. Yeah. Maybe, perhaps, she should have called one of her fellow operators. Yeah. yeah. Then they oh, would have treated it as an emergency. Yeah. Yeah, it's sad. It's very sad. And now this woman, not only does she have to go through this, like, personal humiliation and talk to her family about it. She's all over the news. She's all over the news. Yeah. And I'm sure she needs to be to, like, bring attention yeah. to it. And that's great that that's happening so that other women know. It's not great that it happened. Great that she, that it's bringing attention to it so other women know. But, like, then you're in the news. Like, I bled all over my chair at work. Going through menopause. Because so many women are so excited about that. Yeah. At least she doesn't have to worry about the birth control exemption they're going to roll out. Right. They're, well, I mean, she might need hormone pills. Yeah, that's true. So. That's true. <laughs> so, that's so fast. 
Um, so the truth is, if someone tries to fire you at work for bleeding on your chair, you're protected. Yeah. Call the ACLU. Yeah. <sighs> Add them to your phone, yeah, along with should. all the senators and Congress people you have. And governor. And the governor. That's ridiculous. The governor. Sorry, where was this woman? I forgot. Georgia. Georgia. Any any other fun? On to Texas from Georgia. Yeah, I was going to say, moving from (laughs) another Another very Same same body part, though. Yeah, same body part, different story. In 2015, a woman named Charnesia, I'm sorry if I'm saying that wrong, Corley, she was pulled over... For allegedly running a stop sign and failing to use turn signals. Um, and then the police officers who stopped her um, in a Texaco parking lot, they claimed they smelled marijuana coming from her car. They handcuffed her, had her stand outside her car, searched her car, found no marijuana, and then body slammed her to the ground, pulled her pants down, and searched her vagina for marijuana for 11 minutes, which... Is rape. I, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they're calling That's it rape by cop. Um, the dash cam video of the incident was recently released. That's why it's in the news now. A female officer is the one who did it. 11 minutes? 11 minutes. Um... Not quite sure what on earth would take that long if you're legitimately searching somebody for a reason. You don't do it in a parking lot on the ground, and it certainly doesn't take 11 minutes. It does not take... No. Um, shouldn't have been done at all, um, was it, the more important part. Um, they claim they found .02 ounces of marijuana on in her, on her, I don't know. And they charged her with the resisting arrest. Both charges were later dropped. But she's now suing. Good. Yeah. I mean, I she, hope she gets multi, like, like, seven figures. Seven or eight figures. Yeah. I mean, I first saw the story a couple of weeks ago and I was just, like, flabbergasted. Yeah. 11 minutes on dash cam video. So, female cop with a flashlight. In a parking lot, right? In a parking lot of a Texaco gas station. Oh, yeah, she was 20 years old at the time. They they claim they searched her car in person because in Texas, claiming or smelling marijuana, whether or not the cop actually did, is reasonable cause to further search a car. And I guess your person, but that that's seems taking like, it a bit, a, t- a step too far. I feel like several lines were crossed in the search arena. Yeah. Her lawyer said, um, on her behalf, when you stick your fingers in somebody without their effective consent, that's rape in any state that I know of. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you stick anything in anyone. Yeah, if that's true. Yeah. yeah. Um, so. And that yeah, actually, the cop threatened to break her legs if she didn't let them go forward. I feel I like today we need like that Oprah gif, like you get a car, you get a car with you get a lawsuit. Yeah. You get yeah. a lawsuit. Like yeah. not making I mean this is horrific and yeah. and what this woman went through, no one should go through. So I'm not trying to make light of that situation by any means. No, but you're right. Like, yeah, how does yeah. that not ring every bell? And I I actually think that there's a problem here with not just here and not just here in this article in Texas, but everywhere in this country and maybe in the world, I don't know, but everywhere in this country with m- people who I would call, if I was not having this conversation with them, who I would call good men, feminists, liberals, who qualify ab- abuse and qualify rape in ways that it should not be. In other words, like, a man is verbally abusive to a woman, another man hits a woman, and they consider the hitting abuse, but the verbal abuse, those are just words. Or, 
Well, he stuck his fingers in her. At least he didn't stick his penis in her. Like those kinds of things. I just think there are men. I think there are men who I would consider good men, but who don't who who may, who distinguish between like if a man holds you down or a woman holds you down. If anyone holds you down and sexually assaults you, if anyone holds you down and forcibly puts something into your vagina, that's rape. Like, it doesn't need to doesn't be have a penis. Not even have your vagina. Or your, right. right. No, but yeah. in this case, it's her vagina, yeah. right? Yeah. And the thing is that, right. But in, in this particular article, it's her vagina. And the thing is, doesn't have to be... It's still penetration. It's still, it doesn't have to be a penis. Don't they call like, like digital? Yes. yes. Right it's still so there. And I think it's... it's, it's but I do, but I do yeah. think yeah. people qualify it. And yeah. they say like, well, it's not... Do, like like as if the trauma is different yeah. for the woman depending on what Goes enters her body. Yeah. Right. I mean, and, and I think it's not just... Men who yeah. do that, it's, 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 I've heard women do it. Yeah. So I think it's just, it's a, it's kind of like a mental or a social, not attitude and not stigma, but it, it's, it's mess, things have to be re-messaged where, yeah. and you have to, um, change the messaging from a very early age that it doesn't matter what it is it doesn't go there unless someone wants it to go there and no one touches yeah, unless, like that's, unless you say it's wherever okay. there is right and it's everything right it's tickling it's putting your arm around me i'm not saying tickling someone is right but i'm just saying yeah. it no means no at every stage everyone is entitled to their own body and their own space and we tell i, I know i've i've heard lots of People I love tell little kids, you have to give so-and-so a hug. Mm-hmm. You have, yeah. they're going to be, she's going to cry if you don't give her a hug. Yeah, or let your whatever relative kiss you. Yes. Yeah. No, not okay. Because the end of that tape, when you play that tape all the way to the end, it's people's bodies aren't their own and they're not allowed to make their own decisions about yeah. what and happens to them. And other people's feelings are more important than, than your yours. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> And that is such a controversial, like, I agree with what you just said, like, I agree, but that is apparently a super controversial parenting topic, and it's like, but you gotta just stop, stop being outraged for a second, and stop saying that's ridiculous for a second, and, and follow the logic. Yeah. Like, you're teaching your five-year-old son, because it's not even with women, you're all, all female but you're teaching your five-year-old son you have to give that person a hug you have to let that person touch you because it's polite yes and what happens when they're 12 years old or or whatever and someone goes to touch them and they want to say no but they don't because they're like oh that'll hurt their feelings That's a grown and it's up. not polite yes. like oh sorry no go what ahead. happens when like those boys or those girls are in middle school and they want to touch someone right. or kiss someone and the other person doesn't want them to and they're like, oh, but you're being mean if you don't. Yeah. Or, yeah. I think it's mean versus nice is a strong one. Like, yeah. like I, my, one of my kids is a very touchy kid, loves to give hugs and stuff and has learned very clearly that it's only if someone, but the initial conversation was not like, it wasn't mean, it wasn't violent, and it wasn't even like, I don't, it wasn't, it, the thought process wasn't, I don't care what the other person wants, I know what I, it wasn't it, it wasn't a conscious thought yeah. process. Yeah. It was, but I'm giving a hug, and giving a hug is nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And so, we, you almost had to, we almost had to say like, it's actually the same as hitting, if the person doesn't want it. Yeah. Right? Hitting is is inherently mean because <laughs> you're trying to hurt somebody. But to someone who doesn't want a hug, when you give that person a hug, that's this it feels the same to them as being hit. It feels scary. It feels unwanted. 
it might make them feel uncomfortable. It might, you know, maybe it doesn't physically hurt, like sting yeah. the way a hit hurt, like stings. But it's the same thing. And I think that's, yeah, like it's it's both ways. It's being the the one who's willing to let the person do it. And it's also being the one who's like, but hugs are nice. But kisses are nice. Yeah. But I'm being nice to you by complimenting you. But I'm being nice to you by showing you affection by by touching your ass and saying you have a nice ass. Like, it really does logically follow that if you're doing something that you think is nice, that you think is a compliment, that you think is... That you, yeah. that the person will receive it that way, and that if they don't, it's their problem, not your mm-hmm. problem. Also, just which like is, yelling at someone on the street, like, "Oh, hey, nice tits." Yeah, yeah. Which is nice. <laughs> this administration to say that seems to think, "Oh, well, why wouldn't a beautiful woman want to have someone say nice ass to her?" Right. That's a compliment. Because we're she, not here for you. Should like, women <laughs> be complimented? And right. that is the current environment right now. Exist. And yes. that is, and truth, that that is not acceptable. We're not, we're not objects yeah. to be, right, right, we're not objects waiting for you to compliment us and, and tell us how pretty we are. Yeah, I know. That's not why we're here. Not here to have your babies, not here to have our asses grabbed, not here to be complimented by you. There's the truth. <laughs> you should make that onto a shirt. Not here to have your baby. <laughs> 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 Hashtag 52 women. Yeah, 52 women merch coming at you soon. Not here to have your babies. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, I'm uh, tweeting that out right now. <laughs> Jenny Rose is gonna jumpstart <laughs> promoting our merchandise. Um, speaking of truths about this, I have we're gonna post the link, but I have the um, pamphlet that the ACLU of Maryland provides uh, called "Know Your Rights: What to Do If You're Stopped by the Police." Uh, it's a PDF, and um, it's actually made to be folded over, as I learned by trying to read half of it upside down. Oh, I'm trying to see what that is on your computer. It's, like, it's made to be printed that out. No, it's <laughs> It's a PDF. <laughs> it's a PDF. My, listen, Jenny Rose. <laughs> Mind your own screen, okay? It's my screen. <laughs> my screen space. Your screen space. <laughs> That's right. Um, So your rights, you have the right to remain silent. Um, If you wish to exercise that right, you have the right to say that out loud. So the last thing you say out loud should be, I am exercising my right to remain silent. Um, Right to refuse consent to a search of yourself, your car, or your home with certain exceptions. Regardless of your immigration or citizenship status, you have constitutional rights, no matter what anybody tells you. If you are not under arrest, you have the right to leave. You do not have to stay if no one is arresting you. Um, I think that's important. That's, it is. That's important. And, and they do emphasize calmly. Leave calmly. Uh, <laughs> like, hey, I'm out. Try really hard <laughs> to leave calmly. Uh, you have the right to a lawyer if you're arrested, and you should ask for one immediately. Um, You have a right to record police actions as long as you do not interfere with their activity and are not breaking any other laws. So if for some reason you feel your rights are being violated or you just want a record of it, you have a right to record what is happening. Um, So your responsibilities, stay calm and polite, don't interfere with or obstruct the police, don't lie or give false documents. Try to remember the details of the encounter, which can be tough when you're in a high-stress situation. Ergo, the recording. Um, Do prepare yourself and your family in case you are arrested. And do file a written complaint or call your local ACLU if you feel your rights have been violated. Um, They do have a bunch of... I'm not going to read them all out loud, but they have a bunch of stuff. If you're stopped for questioning, if you're stopped in your car... um, if you're arrested, if you're given a directive by the police, if the police come to your home or business, and then what to do if you feel like your rights have been violated. Um, one interesting thing, if you're stopped in your car, the drivers and the passengers have the right to remain silent. So don't just think that just because you're not the driver who is specifically pulled over, if someone's asking you a question and uh, you have the right to remain silent if you're being questioned. Um, 
And if you're the passenger and you feel like the pullover is because of the driver's driving, you may ask, am I free to leave? You Because you might be um, free to leave. Um, if they say no, you still have the right to remain silent. Um, and again, if you're not under arrest, you have the right to leave. Does no it say they are. can make you get out of your car if you're stopped in a car? Um, it says that if an officer asks to look in your car, you can refuse consent for the search, but if the police believe your car contains evidence of a crime, it can be searched without your consent. So they have probable cause to search your car. Um, that's also, I think, when it's important to, to have a lawyer after the fact. If they mm -hmm. do feel like they have probable cause, you don't feel like they have probable cause, then the lawyer would be able to determine whether they actually had probable cause to um, to pull you over and to search your car. Um, and they should explain everything to you. But um, if you get a ticket, um, you should sign it. If the police asks, the police officer asks you to sign it, signing it does not is not an admission of guilt. Oh, that's important. You can still contest it later. Oh. And the police officer is supposed to tell you that. Please sign this ticket. It is not an admission of guilt. You can still... They're supposed to go through that with you. And I, not that I've been pulled over that many times for speeding. Ooh. But <laughs> the times I have been pulled over for speeding, um, the officer has explained to me very clearly that, mm -hmm. that it was not an admission of guilt. But just in case you didn't know that... Um, you know you're going to get tweets now about what a bad mom you are. I'm a terrible mom. <laughs> I was only in the car once with my kids speeding. It was in a speed trap. But I have in my life been pulled over. And actually, one time I was pulled over in a really way that really scared me when I was in high school in Montgomery County. I pulled off onto a side road off Goody Drive where there's, like, nothing. I was helping a friend drive to her mechanic to leave her car overnight, like, and drop the keys in the box. And I turned left off of Goody Drive onto one of those side streets. A cop did like a three-point and pulled out of a line of cars waiting at the light to turn onto Goody to follow me down to the bottom of the hill. Stopped. Two other police cars came out of nowhere. So count them six police officers to pull over a 17-year-old girl on a dark street. They told me that the light that lit up my license plate was out. They asked me to get out of my car to show me. The fact that the light was out, I said, I believe you, and if you write me the ticket, I'll get, I'll pay the ticket and get it fixed. Um, they insisted that I get out of the car. I was 17, so I did get out of the car, which was, I probably should not have gotten out of the car. Luckily, my friend had stopped. She had seen me get pulled over. They, the front police officer, tried to wave her on and tell her to go ahead. Um, and she said, no, no, I'm, I'm going to stay. That's my friend back there. Um, when I walked around to the back of my car, both of the lights that lit up my license plate were on, as were all of my other taillights. And the guy told me that, the police officer told me that it must have gone back on. I, there's no way he saw it from his place where he was anyway in the, in the line of cars. I don't know how he saw it. But even if he had and it miraculously popped back on, I was terrified. Mm. Um, and I talked to somebody, a family friend who was a police officer in Montgomery County, and he was like, oh, no, no, no. Next time that happens, turn on your hazards, drive exactly the speed limit until you find a well-lit gas station where there are people, and then you pull over. No police officer who is not up to something not great, which is the majority of the police officers when you're a white girl in Montgomery County... Um, meaning they, they are, are not, are, are generally not going to do anything yeah, bad yeah. to you. Um, that you know, he's like, m most of them are not going to be upset that you drove to a safe, well-lit area. They're going to understand your hazards are on. They know you see them. They know you're pulling over. They know you're, you know, they know, yeah. they know that you're accepting that they're pulling you over and you're just trying to find a safe yeah. spot to pull over. And ever since then, um, I, I think that all the time I've only done it one time where I've had to do that where I was driving on the highway in Virginia actually the guy seemed kind of annoyed that I did it, it wasn't Montgomery County but I put on my hazards drove exactly the speed limit and stopped at a well-lit gas station where there were people so that was good advice too if you're a woman driving by yourself and you feel afraid being pulled over
I don't know. I thought that was good advice. No, and I've heard people say that before. I've heard I've heard that before. Like if you're by yourself and you're driving, put your hazards on, slow down, and just so they can see, like, I got you, but I'm by myself in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, like, I'm keep not, hand, both hands on the yeah, steering wheel. Yeah, both hands on the steering wheel. Like, and so yeah, I've I've heard that before. Yeah, and I know that's my privilege as a white woman in Montgomery County. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Um, but it's something to consider, especially given that story you just. Well, she was in a gas station. Were there people, were there witnesses? I don't know. I wonder. I wonder. I mean, I'm sure it helps her case if there were. Well, there was a camera. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, well, and that's right. And that goes to the recording, you know, being able to record. I mean, that was a dash cam. But, you know, recording what's happening. Mm -hmm. Do we want to talk about the fun things we're planning? Move move away from, I mean... Move towards some happy news. Yeah. So we want to have, um, you know, there's six now core issues, and over the next year or so, we want to have like a Q and A panel for each of these core issues, like an educational event. We'll have speakers. So we're looking to have our first panel sometime in October, um, and that would be for racial justice. And then after that, we we were trying to schedule them around, like, appropriate months, if you will. So for reproductive rights, we're, we're aiming for December um, because December is, you know, AIDS Awareness Month. So reproductive rights also goes with, you know, safe sexual practices, that sort of thing. Um, and then for... I'm going to go down the list that I have, and they're not in chronological order, I'm sorry. But, um, panel for LGBTQIA, we were looking at June, um, and then for... Pride Month. Pride Month, and then for the ERA, um, for March, close to, um, International Women's Day, and then for, um, to end violence against women... Sometime in April, because April is Sexual Assault Awareness Month. Economic justice, we are looking to do um, in August to coincide with Black Women's Equal Pay Day. So early August, end of July, because I think I think that's like August 2nd. So we'll look to schedule that around there. Um, and we literally just talked about this, so we'll get them on the calendar as soon as we have more concrete dates. But we wanted to let everyone know some of the things that we were thinking. Um, and then some other <clears throat> fun kind of social events. We're looking to do um, women's trivia. So not women only, but like women-centric trivia games. Um, I'm sure we're going to be talking a lot about Alice Paul. <laughs> and the ERA. Um, and so we're looking to do that in the Montgomery County area. And then we want to have a book club. We are still going to have our Legislative 101 sometime in the fall. <laughs> and apparently I just reminded Alyssa she needs to talk to somebody about that. <laughs> but yeah, we... And I'm we, excited. Me of, too. Lots of exciting lots stuff of coming exciting. up. And our calendar, we're hoping to get our calendar, even though we love sharing um, feminist events around the county, we're hoping that our calendar will become more robust and you'll see more of our uh, our logo up on the calendar. More, yeah. more dates during the month that you can get involved in the chapter specifically. And our uh, next chapter meeting is September 13th at 730 Rockville Library. Um, and then our next happy hour will be on September 20th. We're hoping for a spot in Bethesda, um, but we'll, we'll definitely know in the next couple days and we'll put that up there. Woohoo. That was all I had. That's all I got. Anybody? Woman of the week? Anyone? Woman of the week. (laughs) My favorite part. I'm just going to preface this woman of the week by saying if you have any questions about anything I'm talking about... Please refer them to Jenny Rose. 
because she is our health expert and I am an arts and humanities person. So. Hashtag science. Yeah. Um, and I'm just super charming and bubbly. You are. Um, you may really be able my, to answer it's this. It's really my whole thing. Um, you're my activism person. No. Just kidding. <laughs> I, think, I think you're both awesome. Okay, move on. Uh, all right, so this week's woman of the week is Henrietta Lacks. Mm-hmm. Um, she was diagnosed with cervical cancer at age 30. In 1951, a doctor at Johns Hopkins here in Maryland created the first immortal human cells with tissue taken from Henrietta. Immortal cells are used for medical research to learn about and treat diseases, among other things. They reproduce and the cell line doesn't die off, hence the name. Uh, Henrietta cells were taken from a tumor during uh, a procedure she had without her permission. Her cell line is called HeLa cells. Um, the first two letters of both her first name and her last name, H-E-L-A. Johns Hopkins researchers had been trying to create immortal cells for years, but all previous cells they attempted with died off. Um, so Henrietta's was, her cells were the first successful cells. It wasn't until over two decades after her death that her family and researchers not directly involved um, knew the identity of her cells and that they belonged to her. While her cells have proven very helpful for medical research purposes, the ethical concerns with how they were taken and not credited to her have um, been pointed out numerous times. Uh, HeLa cells have been used to develop the polio vaccine. They've been used in space to test zero gravity's effects on human cells. Um, They've been using cloning, gene mapping, in vitro fertilization, and for developing chemotherapy treatments. Uh, Henrietta died age 31 on October 4th, 1951, so not long after her diagnosis. Um, She was a poor woman, and much of her family living in and around the Baltimore area are still on the poorer side. Ironically, some of her family members struggle to pay for uh, quality health care or health care in general. Her family has never received any money from the use or sale of her cells, while many people and corporations have profited greatly off of them. Uh, Starting a few years ago, NIH is now working with Henrietta's family, though. Uh, Her genome data will only be given to those who are approved, and two of her family members are on the NIH team that reviews applications for controlled Mm -hmm. access to her cells. Mm -hmm. Uh, A book called The Immortal Life of Henrietta Lacks was written about her story. And the book was recently adapted into a film of the same name, which premiered on HBO last Thursday. The film tells the story through Henrietta's daughter's eyes, and Oprah stars in the film playing her daughter, Deborah. It's supposed to be excellent. Yeah. I read the book and it was excellent. And Oprah worked with her family. Like, Mm -hmm. Oprah worked very closely with her family. Yeah. So did the um, person who wrote the book. Yeah. 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 And I mean to give people some context. So this without getting on my clinical research soapbox. This country has has profited and learned so much about certain diseases on the backs of African Americans. Yeah. Um Tuskegee syphilis study. Look it up. It is one of the most egregious things we've ever done in medical research in this country. Also we, the father of gynecology. That we got to talk about that guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah that guy. Um although the podcast I listened to about was called The Mothers of Gynecology, kind of flippant. But yeah. anyway, he but, performed experiments on black slaves yeah. or women slaves and with black women. No anesthesia. Yeah. yeah. But with so there was that, and then the Tuskegee syphilis experiment, and then Henrietta Lacks. You know, they... And the way it would have gone down today is there would have been consent. Like, someone would have consented to taking these cells. Like, they took these cells without her knowing. And today they would cover their butts and say... Fill out the form. <laughs> Fill out the form. Yeah. We're going to take the cells. 
we, you know, we might find research or we might find uses from this. We might want, you know, there's language around it, but at least you're aware that they're taking things from you. So they stole pieces of her. Yeah. And if they did it today, it would be highly illegal. Like, there are international codes around mm-hmm. how you can conduct research. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> how you can conduct research based on all the things we've done wrong. And what they did here was just very, very egregious in terms of how those codes are written. Yeah. And when I say code, I mean, like, rules and guidelines and regulations. Yeah. Like, um, but... It's just one more way that black people built this country for free. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's unbelievable. Yeah. And how I mean, many ways we could just utterly and totally screw them. Yeah. And and we we're not the only country who've done, who's done this. I mean the so the Holocaust, Absolutely. Joseph Joseph Mengele, Absolutely. like all of his experiments, yeah. were the perfect example of how not to get research. Yeah, he learned a lot at a horrific cost. Yeah, um, so we're not the only ones. We we like to think we're better than anyone, and yeah, we're not. We're not really. But this is like a big deal. Yeah, and it's horrifying that her family still lives in the neighborhood around Hopkins. Yeah. Which those of you who've been yeah, like to, in the shadow to the hospital, the biggest, like yeah. it's not, you know, you can't walk a block outside Hopkins right. without fearing, you know, for your safety. Um, yeah. And it's just, it's sad. But now I have to read that book. It's a great book. <laughs> that her, book. Uh, Perhaps her, that should be a book club. Yeah. Yeah. I own it already. I just haven't read it yet. Yeah. Her, the person who wrote the book, um, like I said, she worked with her family, Henrietta's family. Um, a lot of, of them didn't have higher education or much education at all. Henrietta's uh, husband only had a third grade education, so he did not understand even what a cell was when it was finally explained to him. Um, and, and her daughter, Deborah, she went with the person who wrote the book to learn about her mother's cells and had to carry a dictionary around with her to be able to understand what they were saying. Um, so the person um, who wrote the book, she started a scholarship foundation that um, I think it's called the Henrietta Lacks mm-hmm. Foundation. And um, it basically will pay for education for the Lax family, like future current members of the family. Wow. I mean, she gave us the polio vaccine. Yeah. I mean, yeah. jo- Mitch McConnell, know. take note. Yeah, she, ga- <laughs> she gave us the polio. We would, we, maybe we wouldn't have the polio vaccine with, <laughs> without, without her. Like, you know, and Jonas Salk, he developed it, and he didn't profit from it. I mean, he didn't profit from the actual vaccine. Right. Right, he didn't, but he said he wanted everyone to have it. But it, you know, she was the basis for that. So it's important that everyone knows that now that that's out. Yeah. When we did such a good job eradicating polio in the Western world... Yeah. That it's not even a live vaccine anymore. Like, when my kids get it, it's just a shot. It's not like the little sugar cube we used to get when we were yeah. kids with the live. It's not that anymore. Like, that's how well we've done it. And hopefully it stays that yeah. way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Vaccinate your children. Yeah. <laughs> that's another subject. Please. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah. Yes, willing to answer any science-based questions. It is, it is a really good book. Everyone should read it. I don't have anything else. I'm done. All right. Um, so chapter meeting September thirteenth. Rockville Library, seven thirty. Um, first floor meeting room. Yeah, and by then we'll. <laughs> 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 by then, by then, 
we'll have uh, more info on our upcoming events. So, yeah, definitely. But Hopefully before then. But you should uh, tweet at us or message us. If Jesus, you I forget. <laughs> well, I was, that was my cue for you. You should tweet at us, and Alyssa will give you that address in a second, or the handle. I don't know what the kids call it these days. Um, if there's any... <laughs> For any, like, event ideas or any women you want us to cover or topics or just to say, hey, we like your slogans, whatever, just, just, just say hey. Hey, EB2 really seems like the funniest one out of the <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they were supposed to leave comments, but this one like better on iTunes. Who's your favorite? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what is, what is our Twitter handle? Yes. It is MC for Montgomery County, MD for Maryland, now for National Organization for Women. You can find us on Twitter, but also Facebook and Instagram, the same. We also have a website, <laughs> which believe it or not, I actually made, so I should probably remember to plug it all the time. It's mcmdnow.org. If you want to join our chapter, please do. mcmdnow.org slash join. Rate us five stars on iTunes. Say we like the Alyssa's better than Jenny Rose. Saw <laughs> <laughs> that damn healthcare talk. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's two against one. We're on the same couch, so. Yeah, we are. Um, don't say that. Jenny Rose's feelings will be hurt. <laughs> Snowflake. <laughs> I'm just tweeting the most awesome gifts right now, so whatever. <laughs> whatever. She's not even paying attention to the I podcast anymore. So, um, yeah, rate us five stars on iTunes. Tell your friends about the podcast. And definitely follow us on Twitter um, on... What day is it today? Oh, no, on thir- general, generally Thursday nights, because Jenny Rose... Is like live tweeting our our ridiculousness as we podcast, and it's pretty entertaining. And generally, yeah. when you see a picture that looks like someone's crying, they're not crying; they're just laughing so hard that they can't function. They had to take a time out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So rate us five stars on iTunes, and we'll be back next week. Bye. Bye, Bye guys. Bye. <laughs>